Friends, Romans, countrymen, I come not to bury the MCU, but just to talk a little bit about it and maybe how we got here. I am, of course, Sparks Witty, and it's time to do a fake nerds watch about all a Secret Invasion, mm -hmm. episodes four, five, and six, but really all of Secret Invasion. And of course, I'm doing that with our friend Ryan Eliopoulos. Hi, I'm mostly happy to be here. And Ben Magnet. I, too, am mostly happy to be here. And of course, Brandon T. McClure. I'm not happy to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> real quick, we'll address the elephant in the room. Uh, we're pretty far, I imagine, away from the release of Secret Invasion by the time you're hearing this. We are recording it fresh off the week that the finale aired. You are getting it later because strikes were happening and we were in full support and you know the whole story. So uh, we're going to give you our fresh thoughts at the time um, and get into that. Brandon, do you happen to have all the episode notes? I do. If you So could. this is episode four, five, and six, Beloved, Harvest, and Home, in that order. Uh, They're all directed by Ali Salem uh, and written by Kyle Bradstreet and Brian Tucker. Fantastic. Thank you so much for doing that. And we'll spotlight some things from the episodes, but, you know, let's just get some impressions out of the way. Ben, you haven't even been with us since episode one. Yeah. Why don't you tell me how you feel about Marvel's Andor secret? <laughs> I wish I was watching Andor, to be honest. Now that has substance. Um, after a pretty bland start, because I did watch, I mean, I have seen all Secret Invasion. I, I, I was unfortunate I wasn't able to join you guys for episodes two and three. I would say they were something of an improvement. And I will also do a blanket statement about episodes four and five. They were also something of improvement. By episode five, I was jonesing for more. I was like, you know what? There might be something here. I'm actually starting to get invested. I'm like the, the reveal of Fury's wife being a scroll, I thought was pretty damn good, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so now Fury has stakes. There's he's not just like this this government dude who, like, yes, he cares about the world, but he has a personal attachment that could bring up that could be great things. And then episode six falls flat on his face, and it's like we have some decent feeling, but the bread of this sandwich is just rotten and moldy and bad. Yeah. The only... Can I go next? Absolutely. The only episode I like in this season is season is episode two. Outside of that, I find them all to be dull. And there's good things in them, don't get me wrong. I think Secret Invasion is filled with good scenes between Nick Fury and whoever the hell he's talking to at the time. But as a whole, the only episode that for me comes together as a quote-unquote good episode is episode two. And after that, it's just nothing of any substance since and um, i'm gonna be completely selfish i'm gonna be completely selfish because one of the things i really liked about the show was seeing ben mendelson and sam jackson together and i thought those they were very good together and to be completely selfish the show never recovered from killing Thanos from killing talos to me once that once gravit kills talos i was checked out i barely even watched the, the next two episodes i was just done there was just nothing here for me anymore yeah, 
I pretty much echo exactly what Brandon's saying. I think episode two is the good episode. Um, it is the one that made me think, oh, there's a show here. And then I kept waiting for episode two stuff to be revisited. And it doesn't really happen until the very end of the show. And even then, only kind of. And we'll get into that for sure. But uh, I'm of the same opinion. And I, I agree about the Talos thing. Is that kind of like when they killed him and I knew he was dead, I was like, I don't know. Like, why are we here? Um, yeah. Oh, Ryan. It really bums me out that like the last five <laughs> minutes of the show is like the most I became interested in it. When when the secret invasion is over and the and the hysteria is out in the world and there's like people just like getting shot in the streets. And I'm like, wow, this feels like, wow, like like the world's crazy. And then that's just the end of the show. And we're probably never going to see any more of this. Um, I. I consider myself a pretty positive person, even with some of the later MCU stuff. Like I like uh, uh, Love and Thunder and I like Quantumania. I don't love them, but I think those are watchable, fun enough movies. I legitimately think overall, I think this sucks. Um, it's just really disappointing. Like if you, are a, if you are a fan of the MCU, I think there is a lot that really sucks about this show. Mm -hmm. um, as a spy thriller, I think it's kind of generic. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't even call it one. Yeah, honestly, no. yeah. And, and the whole premise when we talked about in episode one, how this is pivoting from the comic, this isn't going to be a big brawl with, with superhero powers. What was this final episode? It is hmm. not just the exact opposite of what they said. It is everything that the finale of She-Hulk was making fun of. Yeah. And it's so hilarious that this came out after She-Hulk and Kevin Feige is like, just totally okay with it. And like, this product's just like substandard in so many ways. Yeah, and I think I want to start there. So what I want to start with, sorry, there's a cat. So give me one second. Meow, meow, meow. It's a scroll. Oh, there's a cat in the video. Look at that. Hey. Secret cat. Okay. Um, so where I want to start, I think, is I want to give, I just want to give the context of acknowledging the challenges that I know were surrounding the show. We know this was supposed to be a lot earlier in the schedule. We know this. We know that this one in particular had a lot of COVID effect on it because of the international shooting locations and COVID restrictions at the time. Not only was it supposed to be early in the schedule in filming, it was supposed to be earlier in the schedule in release. All of these things we knew through its development cycle. I fully believe internally at this point, because it looks so bad as it's released back to back now, like the last Disney Plus show was She-Hulk and now this one, that She-Hulk's ending is supposed to be making fun of this particular ending. And I can imagine, like, it wouldn't make the show better, but I can imagine that would be like, all right, you guys at least know, like, that wasn't good. Yeah. And I think there's an amount where internally they knew this maybe didn't work. But because of how releases have gone, we are seeing a mix match of when they are pivoting and when they are still living with things they've had to face challenges over. And Secret Invasion is one of those things. Um, that doesn't excuse a lot of choices that happen here, but I do think it's important to acknowledge the, like, there were a lot of trappings around this that kind of set it up for failure um, if they didn't get it just right. And they didn't get it just right, and thus it failed. Um, and I do think that's important because the writers and actors, they didn't set out to make this this bad show. Yeah. You know, the intention wasn't to end up this way. <laughs> um, nevertheless, we're here. So I uh, I wanna I wanna kind of go off what Ryan said about the show. Um and I can find something to like in almost every MCU project. 
uh, movies or TV shows, there's always something that I can, that I've enjoyed. Um, what I had considered was the worst prior to this was Falcon and the Soldier. And even there, I was like, well, there's the stuff with Isaiah Bradley. And I think that, I think there's some good stuff with uh, the, the core cast. Um, there, there, there's, I really like the Captain America suit. Like I can list things that I like about that. And here, <sighs> Sparks, you said this to me yesterday. And I think I agree that this is the worst thing the MCU has ever made. Yes. Yeah, it's it's and I really want to state that, like, I feel strongly that way. And it's largely because, like, when I come away from it, I can't even do the bare minimum thing I went to the show wanting to do, which is say I saw Nick Fury go on an arc. Yeah. Like, I can't even do that. I can do that with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I yeah. can even do that with Iron Man 2, which is also in my bottom rung of the MCU. Yeah. Um, but I can have fun with those to an extent. And I still get something to the core of those characters that matter. And this one, I'm just like, at, at, at worst it's character assassination. Yeah. And at best it's forgettable. And like, neither of those things are what I want from an MCU property. And none of those things have plagued the other ones, despite having one of the best casts you could. I'd argue for the best cast for one of these shows. Um, they're horrendously misused. And it ultimately, for me, yeah, it is. It is the worst thing in the MCU. And even, it, let's go ahead, Ben. I will definitely agree with you guys. That's I don't know if it is the worst thing for me, but it's it is down there. Um, I was not excited to watch this show. I was. I will say that when I did binge binge episodes um, three, four, and five, I was I was somewhat into it, but even because I watched the finale earlier today. Right before I watched the finale, and the finale, I was watching Star Wars Rebels. I was watching an arguably much better television show, and then because I saw some uh, uh, some tweets on Twitter saying about how bad it, um, how they fumbled the finale. I'm like, well, I don't want to go into a bad time. And I was like, well, I got I gotta watch it then. And at the whole time, I'm I can't even tell you what I was feeling when I was watching this, and even then, I think I, I was just like kind of like those nights in my python just telling the, the show to get on with it yeah and then when it ended i was like okay wait there's not even a post credits thing there's not even something to 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 for me to look forward to like what was the point of all of this uh this is the first mcu project where i've talked with my more casual nerd friends the ones who don't really read comics and all that kind of stuff but i've enjoyed the mcu um and it felt like the bumps but still stuck with it uh and like they've been like oh we haven't really started secret invasion yet should we and uh, like like how not even should we they don't ask that they're just like how's it going and i'm like i i honestly recommend you don't watch it yeah. i think it actively <laughs> hurts your enjoyment of the franchise because like i not deeply invested enough so you're not even going to see past some of the flaws you're just going to see a bad show and like we have specifically disney itself they they have been going they've been putting a lot of their hero characters through like the 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 old man luke process right um and nick fury being you know he was already kind of old because he's m jackson being not that he's you know considerably older he's gone through all this trauma to leave him in the place that you leave him and to say some of the things that he says about 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 race, about like trying to integrate like people, it's just it just feels really gross and it feels really weird. And it doesn't feel like the Nick Fury who's out to save the world. He, it feels like 
like if, if this is what you wanted turning for you into into like an actual like an actual like bad failure and like who someone who didn't try hard enough like it it feels like this like uh, opposed to everything that Nick Fury's done before and I'm like this is just a bad this is this feels icky I, I don't think, know I think it's been very telling I don't know if you listened to our discussion on the previous uh fake nerds watch about this Ben where we talked about episodes two and three but um we mentioned a interview with Kingsley Benadir who plays Gravik and people were trying to talk to him about like the civil rights parallels and what it means for a scroll to be in the skin of a black man that kind of thing and he flat out was like I really don't think that's part of the character because there frankly isn't the time in the show to get into that um he's really just a sociopath who only cares about himself and not the cause and he said that at week two which is part of why I think Kingsley Benadir has not been involved in any promotion for this show because he was like no i don't think this was the thing i was told it was going to be when i signed on yeah mm. so ryan said, said a few things there that i want to bounce off of which is um i think the ending is incredibly tone deathly terrible mm-hmm. in a way that we haven't seen since falcon winter soldier um there is and far and, and, and it is far worse i want to i want to be i want to be clear about that um, because there is a massacre on scrolls and people killing humans and scrolls alike. And, and you've been dealing with this whole refugee crisis thing theme of how all the scrolls want a home. And then you make them all the public enemy number one and fury just like, well, I tried. Yeah. And like, I don't know what's worse for me that you have made a show that basically says all refugees are evil or just said fury and then fury just gave up and went to went to the marvels well i'm like but it didn't right like i like it didn't say all refugees were evil um i disagree but i'm going to let you say what you say because i don't want to get into it <laughs> sure uh, like it, it's not it, it doesn't say all refugees are evil but what i do think it gets muddied about it is that it's the refugee thing isn't the thing that the show wants to do with the scrolls like they are factually refugees living on earth but that's not the thematic thing they decided to go for for the show instead they went for a civil rights struggle angle and they missed completely um in trying to do that but that's what they decided to go for instead um which is like you have uh it's i think it's the perfect encapsulation of like where the show is flawed which is there's the scene at the beginning of episode five where um gaia and fury meet up and they're at that place where he first recruited the scrolls, right? And she um, makes reference to a mural that's there that we never even get a good look at. And she says, I don't, I don't even remember what it means. And Fury's like, it's about the struggle. And that was the thing that Talos cared about. And all this, it's about the struggle. And like, there's these ideas, these kernels of like how civil rights has formed who Fury is and and black liberation and things like that that are like supposed to be like these little nuggets of connection between specifically our black cast members and the scrolls that they are either playing off of or playing as. Mm-hmm. And it it just has nothing behind it and it has no actual substance within the show. Um what it actively is is it's like barely even dancing in the trappings of a civil rights analogy just to kind of get by. And I don't know what the ultimate intent was supposed to be of that. Yeah. Um, like, I, obviously, obviously there's the very surface level idea of like, they won't accept us in our own skin. Yes, we all get that idea. But like, there's nothing behind that. There's no 
intention and meaning to it. I didn't even catch the parallels between the the scrolls and the civil rights movement. I was just seeing Gravik just them trying to take over the planet. Essentially, this is like, hey, we've been living here amongst the humans for X amount of years. We want to go back home. Um, and also the whole, I, I know that was really Gaia, as Nick was saying, a few years in, I realized there is no home for scrolls. Bullshit. There's billions of planets out there in, in, in space. There's got to be one, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I was, the, the whole time, if there was like a message, and even when Gravik was like shouting at Fury doing this, I mean, I want to give props to the actor, cause the, the actor who plays Gravik, who's, I know you said his name earlier, I just can't remember it to save my life. I King, thought... Kingsley Bandier, thank you. I thought he did put on a good performance. Like you can feel his emotion, his raw, unbridled emotion about how angry he was at Fury for like you said this one thing and you never delivered. And That's I am making action. Scene. And it's not even Nick Fury. This yeah, is a, I, I, I'm glad you you brought that up because that I truly think. That's the best performance in the whole season. It's such a great is, scene. It's Kingsley <laughs> Benadir unloading that at Fury. Um, Every person you made me kill took a piece of my heart away. That's so good. And it's not even the person he's talking I, to. I want Brandon to say what he was going to yeah. say before I um, carry on with the thought there. I don't think the show does a good enough just, just, justification for really anything that we're talking about. But, for just, but also when he kills his scroll friend, Yes. Um, for saying something, I do not understand because the show, frankly, did not do the legwork to tell me that Gravik went from letting a woman who's not going to back him leave safely to killing his own people. It's the same thing with the president going just full super hard racist mode at the very end. When I'm like, yeah. you kind of seem like a just like a dude who didn't really have much character, and I'm <clears> just like, you go from zero to hundred real quick because we only have six episodes, and you these could have been an hour long episodes. They're not. They're like 35, 30 minutes long, and I'm like, you didn't even use your real estate well. So I'm just like, this very much what you said, Brandon. This is like a, a nothing burger. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't. It's it feels like it has impact because you're killing yeah. these characters, but it doesn't really matter. And so, like the reason I like that Ben brought that up is because to me that is the like how how like we would have come out of this with me still saying like this is pretty much bottom rung, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but giving it just the tiniest bit of praise of like, hey, but Fury had an arc where he had to like come to the face of his own demons moment where Gravik said all that to him and Fury had to take that almost kill themselves failure of it and all that kind of stuff. Had that been the real Fury, that that would have been like, cool, there's the arc, right? Fury had this whole thing happen. And when it's not him, it's like, oh, this whole show's nothing. Mm -hmm. Like this whole show means nothing because Fury never had to confront that. Yeah. Fury never had to acknowledge openly his failures. It doesn't happen in this show. Our two leads, the main hero and villain, they don't have a final confrontation in our final episode. We, we get faked out, which like I think it's like it's a pretty decent like like fake out reveal, but it, it removes any of the emotion that we were building in that scene to have a terrible fight. Oh, uh, God, again, a, a show that did not need this type of fight. This is the thing that I talked about with Star Trek Picard season three. Um, if you're going to do a show like this, where you're going to do where you're going to do shapeshifters and they can be anyone and like you want the reveal of who, could, who they can be to be impactful. You got to think about it. 
you have really have to think about what that reveal is going to do for the scene that you were that you were writing. And if you're not thinking about it, it's never going to work. Every single time it happens in this ep- in this show, they don't think about it. I made the I made I make the Star Trek Picard thing because uh, analogy because in season three there's this whole thing about the changelings and a lot of people were speculating one of the main cast is going to turn out to be a changeling, which is a shapeshifter alien. And I said, the way that the show is being written, there is no way that you can thoughtfully make a reveal work like that and have an emotional and have and have the emotional uh, moments between the characters not be invalidated. And you just don't want to do that. And every single time this show did exactly that, invalidating its own emotional weight by doing these shitty reveals that they didn't think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's very much like, I I fully believe that that when they were performing it, I think that was supposed to be Fury and Gravik. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I don't know for who or why you film a scene of Fury entering, checking the radiation meter and coughing on his way in when no one's watching him. You don't know that. If it's Gaia, right? Mm -hmm. Because... Why would Gaia need to do that? Yeah. So I do think the intention was at some point along the line, this was going to be Fury, maybe even his swan song. And it changed. Who yeah. knows when it changed? Well, um, wasn't this supposed to be out at, uh, be, be out after the Marvels, not before? Uh, I think in production, but not when they like actually started filming, like pre-production design. So the reason the reason why I think that I I just I do kind of wonder if maybe if maybe the idea was that the Marvels was going to lead into this and not the other way around. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I it's, it's something feels rotten in the state of Denmark kind of level where um, I don't, I, it's, it's truly disturbing to have so many eyes have, have been on this project and looked at it and said, this is a quality product um, and put it out because it, it's, it's, so absence thought that I can't I can't understand how mm-hmm. people look at that scene between Gravik and not Fury. Um, having that emotional catharsis of what amount of story we've been given for this show about what the core thing is supposed to be about is ultimately just about these two people and how one hurt the other by their inaction or uh, active. Uh, actions and how they come together about that and like that's your entire emotional weight and you decided that not only should one of the characters not actually be who they're supposed to be but we're never going to have them have that conversation nor are we going to have our main character nick fury ever deal with the consequences of what that conversation was about and to have the whole show have circulated around a character motivated by that to the degree where episode two opens with a flashback about the moment they met and that's not going to be resolved. I don't even know why you're making a show. I don't even, the, the Ryan put it really well that it feels, I, th- I think the, I think the, the, how do I want to put this? The, and now the, the comparison to Andor is, pretty interesting because coming into this we wanted this to be like uh, the mcu's version of it uh, answer to andor that's kind of what we were we were looking at and we were hoping it would be and one of the things that i think shines some light on it is how well andor is thought out 
and how not thought out this show is entirely. This show so desperately wants to be about something, but it ha- it, it is not. It, it pretends to be. It keeps telling you, I'm about this. I'm pretending about this. So that you think you're watching something with substance when in fact you are watching something without it. It is it is half the episode amount and it is almost half the length as well. So it mm-hmm. simply doesn't have the time to try to try to do the things it's trying to do. I really wish more than half. Yeah, I just really wish it could have just like just stuck. Just try to stick with the spy stuff like that. You want to do Nick Fury? You want to do like underground shit? Just do that and try to stick with that because like some of that stuff works pretty well. But they're trying to do they're trying to spend themselves so or just, thin. Or just as we talked about the last time we touched base on this, like just be about Nick Fury responding to the conversation that's being thrown about him of like you abandoned us so many characters keep saying you abandoned us for xyz amount of time and and for these reasons and fury's not engaging with it not countering it just have the story be about fury just like the whole point of it is fury just being like i've made mistakes and here here's this moment and how i will change going forward as a person as a husband as a uh leader inside of this world i will be different because these are my failures that have put me in this position the scrolls have done all this that has made what i did possible that made the avengers possible i owe them and i failed and just have that be the arc and like you bare minimum that and i'm a little bit happy like i come out of this being like not the best thing but hey you know nick fury had a whole story there so like something was done with this character they even tell you that that's what the story should be about too when he's talking to uh olivia coleman and 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 she he's just like why do you think i came back i came back because i failed gravic because it's the it's the only reason to have her and his wife in this show yeah. is to have this analysis of the person he's been juxtaposed against the person who he's going to become. Olivia Colvin is probably my favorite thing of, of the show. And like, realistically, you can cut her out and the show would be the same. It's like, just because she's great. It's just because she's yeah. great. And she's just having a great time I, just murdering people. The the scene where she does like her interrogation with that one scroll, I thought was amazing. Just the way yeah. how she's just so nonchalantly happy about it. And even like her little like, oh, you put a, a little tracker on my favorite owl. She puts an eye patch over it. It's like, yeah. I love this woman. This woman's great. I really love Olivia Coleman. And in many of the episodes, she is my favorite part. However, this show begins to lean too heavily on how much fun she's having. And it's actively taking away from the show, in my opinion. Um, because we are constant. we're pivoting, we're pivoting to her so frequently that I started to question why she was even there and that's a big problem for me now not no, no shade on her performance which is great i just don't understand what purpose she served in this in this no, story yeah, yeah. at all uh, i'm in full agreement with you that um i don't know why we're turning to her as much as we are because like i can't keep track of what was the point of what she was even doing other than like she was finding scrolls that the others weren't uh like that's ultimately <laughs> all it feels like when she shoots vincent van gogh in the yeah. leg and reveals that he's a scroll i'm like yeah all right i mean like i saw that actor earlier in the series so i knew we were going to see him again at some point but like what did any of this mean and honestly there's far too many times in the show where i'm like w- actively like what are the characters after right now? Cause I genuinely don't know. Like, like if it wasn't frankly, the only thing that even felt a little bit, like I at least knew what we were doing moment to moment mm. was, was when Fury and Priscilla were together. Yeah. 
when it was him and his wife. And then outside of that, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the intent of where characters are going or why or what they're doing is supposed to be. And we haven't even brought up the MacGuffin, which gets brought up into the, in the fifth episode, the harvest, which is the dumbest shit, which was absolutely unnecessary to this plot about uh, scrolls trying to find happiness on, on an earth that, that won't accept them. I genuinely, like, <laughs> I genuinely cannot believe that, that a MCU property tried to tell me that all of the like 40 different people's dna was in a single vial and like, and like you can separate those out and that wasn't compromised in any way or mixed up that it's all just like pristinely kept in a single vial i i'm well here's I'm, the thing uh the dna is so good that it can replicate drax's tattoos and ebony ma's rings which is just Oh, and the Hulk's pants, because because uh, he has purple ripped pant, purple pants when he kicks. So it is <laughs> it is almost like comical that this turns into just an action figure sh- action figure show at the end of the show. I kind of understand the visual language of turning into a of turning a, a body part turning into a the thing when you use that power. I think the Super Scroll uses the same visual language in the comics where you see his. When he uses the thing's strength, he sees the rock. The rock yeah, no, form. yeah, but, but like Drax has tattoos but, and and and. Body but that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Is when yeah. I when I I'm saying I understand the decision. I understand why you decided to do it. I. Yeah. But when, but you have to think about it, which goes back to I just don't think there was any thought in this episode in this show because when you have to hold on, let me calm down a bit. Um, I'm getting a little too heated about the show. Um, when when I saw him use. Uh, Ebony Maw's Squidward's uh, arm to do the thing and I saw that I was like why did you do that? Why do you need to do that? Shouldn't you just his power is mental it's not an arm shouldn't you just have that ability in your head like I don't you you did it for us to be like hey that's the Ebony Maw thing and like I just don't I don't I don't understand there's so much of the show that I just I looking at the at the show as its text and put putting it and and seeing all the individual elements normally when i watch show i can understand the thinking of the writers and the actors and the directors and i cannot here i can't i just i don't get it it's baffling honestly if you'd asked me when we started this um at episode one like do you think this will end in a big CGI fight, I would have been like, well, this is one show where I feel pretty confident that won't happen. Because <laughs> this is all supposed to be about, yeah. like, character stuff. Like, we might see some scroll stuff, but, like, this is about Fury. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not going to mm-hmm. see some big, dumb CGI fight with Fury. But it's not not just a big, dumb CGI fight. It is, it is potentially, it is the dumbest big CD, CGI fight in the entire franchise uh, of the MCU, because just, and, like, I'll, I'll say, like, uh, graphic, I think, looks pretty good. I think uh, it's not Amelia Clark's fault that she's really tiny and just looks really weird with, with like superhero arms grafted onto her. But like, nor is it the visual effects artist's fault that they were handed this dumbass. Script. Absolutely, but like, there really was no thinking. Like, like Kevin Feige said, "Hey, free reign, do what you want, pick whatever powers you want," and nobody actually said no to any of the ideas. It's like the the even the powers they chose. Are incredibly silly and weird like again ebony maw and then like uh jodenheim frost giant for the blade i'm like yeah y'all pick the weirdest oh, shit that's, that's what that yes. was i was so frost giant like what okay are doing? okay thank you for that because the second i saw that ice but i'm like Iceman doesn't exist yet yeah, as far dumb. as i know because because here's the thing that that really threw me is because they were like oh yeah we picked up the stuff at the battle of earth and i was like who was at the battle of earth that could make ice blades yeah yeah. we had the frost giant 
clue in later. Yeah, yeah. Or earlier in the show. Uh, but you're you're right, and like the fact that the whole thing devolves into they're both just doing Cap Carol Carol's powers. Oh I'm my like, god! Okay, I guess like it's cool that you could spend the visual effects to, for Carol Danvers to have been in the show, but we didn't actually get Carol Danvers too expensive in this show. Yeah, and like I just there's no way there's no way. Thank God one of them died. Also, how why why did he die? If he has extremists and can regenerate. He just got blasted too hard. Uh, to be, well, well, to hard. be fair, that's how the guy dies in Iron Man 3, too. Okay, fair. Okay, uh, okay fair. I guess the hard... Okay, that, mm, that he gets blasted real hard, and then he gets a torpedo kicked in his face. Mm. No, no, he doesn't get a torpedo kicked no. in his face. It's just the, 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 chest, the chest goes through him, and then oh, he just collapses on the floor. It, it's, um, on the, it's, in the Air, it's on the Air Force One sequence. Oh, that guy. Okay. I was thinking of Killian. I was also thinking. No, of Killian took a lot, lot, a lot more to kill. No, oh, yeah. Um, uh, I just that's I, also extremist. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I just yeah, I don't know. Um, I just I I think Ryan, you said it really well before we started recording, which is the 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 Kevin Feige said you can use whatever you want. He didn't. I don't believe he said you can use everything you want. I think it, I think he should. I think this guy needed to whittle it down, and he just thought like, how cool would it be if we started doing like the the leo meme at every single power they use it's it's just so uninteresting and gray and it, i understand i'm colorblind i get it i get that i'm colorblind but if i'm called if, if i if the the visual language of these scrolls isn't green enough for me i, I it's just not i like i want Here, move the move scrolls need to be greener right first like look look at this behind us like there's not a lot of color happening. Like that's no. a lot of that's a lot of dark well, and shades. It, and it's weird too, right? Because like when we have Rava, who is Rhodey, um, in the shower scene, like that's a good green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good green on a scroll. Is it because they're in Chernobyl and they're doing like the Tijuana thing? No, it's because they're in a bathroom and the lighting is better. Yeah, there you go. And that was actually <laughs> makeup. Yeah, it was actually makeup. They were in the shower in scroll makeup. That's true. Which was really impressive, and I want to highlight it because I'm like that scroll makeup looked real good. They found a scroll makeup that wasn't going to wash off in the shower. Mm-hmm. Well done. That was good. That, was that good. wasn't CGI. Oh. That was all real. I was like, that looks really cool. It's true. <laughs> Big beautiful blue eyes. Oh, that fun fact. The Rava. That's a great glove shitto from um the Black Bolt uh, uh miniseries. Uh, she was in a mm. prison with Black Bolt. And they just threw away that character for no reason, which is cool. Um. Rody Rody's scroll. Awesome. <laughs> Don Cheadle's no, yeah. performance is a lot of fun. But like Don Cheadle is good. Talks. Don Cheadle is good. Yes. I, Sorry, yes. Yeah. Don Cheadle, I will say, is good. I just don't think that this, it, I just don't think it works. Him being I think Don Cheadle does a very good job of playing a female scroll pretending to be Rody, who kind of doesn't want to commit to the part. Yes. And I think that that's very good. Yeah. Which is all mm-hmm. the more. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. All the more reason why I can I would tell the director to go shove it up his ass to say that Rhodey was switched out after Civil War. And That's- if Kevin Feige says the same, I'll say the same because like not only does it ruin like previous moments in the MCU, but I'm like you're insulting Don Cheadle's performance. If he knew he was a scroll, he would have played those performances differently. He didn't because he was Rhodey, you dumbass. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a scroll in this show, which is why he doesn't feel like Rhodey and everybody pegged it from beat one because Don Cheadle's a good actor and knew to play it differently. Yeah. And they're saying go yeah. go and watch 
previous movies and you can sort out when you think and i was like no and they that's just roadie and they have this and they have this moment where where uh martin freeman turns to him and goes Colonel Rhodes, how long have you been there? And how long have you it? been there? <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem to ask it and not answer that question. And I understand there's actively oh, so many people who are like, man, this means Rhodey's been replaced in Civil War. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like people who aren't paying attention are like, oh, his legs were fixed after Civil War, though. They were working in Infinity War. I'm like, where are braces? What are we doing? Um, and for me, it all comes down to two things, which is Don Shield's performance and he bled red in Endgame. True. So he's not a scrawl. So I don't care what they say. They can yeah. retcon it in the future and and like they'll show me scenes that say like yeah, Don Cheadle was a scroll back then and I'm like you're a goddamn liar. You know what? But you know what? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't actually make sense because within the context of the show, Gravic, Gravic was still working for Fury directly after the blip. Yes. Which means it doesn't make sense that they would switch out Rhodey as a scroll without Fury knowing. He would only enact this plan once he knew about the harvest that was established in the show. So yes, they don't. I'm so the upset thing, because go ahead. I I'm so upset because it truly felt like Kevin Feige and other people at the top are literally not paying attention anymore. Yeah, and it's like they're not watching the thing they're making, and to a degree where I I'm I'm genuinely just like. I think you fully lost the idea of what you were going for with the MCU to begin with. I, I really think, and, and uh, this is not giving uh, awful person Bob Iger any credit ever, but I do think he has a point about the Marvel TV shows and how like they have looks, they, they, they have diluted the brand of Marvel. Because well, no matter how good we think some of them are, a majority of them people do not like. And that's, that's not something they can say about the whole MCU. No, and I think that's, I think that's fair. And Bob's right. But it's Bob's fault. Yeah, he <laughs> because, <did it. laughs> because he set that schedule. Yeah. Um, Chapek just saw it through. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure problems came up through production because of Chapek. I'm sure we're living through decisions that came down from Chapek that have affected this era while he was running the CEO stuff. One second, Ben. Um, but Iger set up, I want a lot of Marvel on Disney Plus. I want to sell it. I want to sell it with that and the Mandalorian. And that's how I'm going to sell Disney Plus. Yeah. So he pumped a bunch of titles out and the rapidity did not work. And it was too fast. Ben. After this, I definitely feel like Marvel has lost their way a little bit. Or maybe they've lost a little bit because I will say I liked Thor Love and Thunder. Um, Ant-Man was fine. Guardians. But Guardians was the home run and the shot in the arm. I Mar the Marvels was. also looks really good. I think this one was just a really bad one. I really, I really hope. The I don't Marvels trust on, on Ben's point. I I want to I want to I want to narrow you down a little bit, Ben, because I think you're I think you're dancing around the same thing that I that I am. I don't trust their shows anymore. I just no, don't. Not even I don't. Shows, yeah. I, I trust their movies still. I find a lot of their movies to be still enjoyable, especially in the moment. And I'm really excited for the Marvels. But their shows, I'm not going to watch Echo until I know if it's good. Honestly, I'm just not. Honestly, I'm a little scared for Marvels. I, I'm i going to go in with Marvels with with cautious optimism. I'll even go in with Loki with cautious optimism because I love Owen Wilson and Tom Hilson so much. Every other thing that they're going to do, I am going to be very afraid of. And I'm probably going to be the same boat Brandon is. I'm not going to watch it until someone tells me it's really freaking good. Yeah. I don't even care if it's really freaking good. I just want it to be, I want it to be worthwhile. And the thing is like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like Ben, I, I still, like I said, I still trust their movies. I'm still very excited for the Marvels. I'm going in there with my excitement. And I, and I, 
specifically said Echo because I I am excited for Loki still. I like that first season. This is a second season, and I'm and I'm and I, I I'm, I'm I have no reason to think this would let me down. But Echo being kind of what we're hearing about Echo behind the scenes, I'm I'm not I'm probably not going to watch that day of. Um, it's dropping all at one point. I'll wait for people to watch it and tell me if it's worth it. Yeah. That's where I'm at with these Marvel shows because I don't trust them anymore. No, that's fair. And like, like I've liked She-Hulk and Miss Marvel, but like, like I really don't want another Falcon Winter Soldier or another Secret Invasion. Like, that's these are like well, these are actively like not good. Well, and here's here's like the the proven thing I think everybody can agree with, which is just they don't know how to do whatever format they tried to establish as like the main bulk of the six MCU episodes. shows, this six episode format, they have truly and mistakenly gone into it almost every time as a long film. And it has failed yep. because it is not for one reason or another, when it has not been structured to be a show, something has fallen off because of that. And there are three projects that pretty much everybody agrees has worked on the Disney plus show end. And those are WandaVision, Loki and She-Hulk. And the reason is because they're all structured like shows. Loki might be six episodes, but it's a seasonal format. They knew there was a season two and they didn't have to rush telling their story in six episodes. Mm -hmm. WandaVision, obviously structured like a television show. She-Hulk, obviously more episodes, shorter runtime, structured like a show. Daredevil Born Again, they gave it a huge episode run because needed to be structured 18. like a show. And they seem to know that from these lessons that they've been learning. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see going forward because again, we are still living in a, this is a very, very large ship with a whole lot of hands in the cookie jar. It takes time for it to pivot in reaction to what's not working. So it's going to take a minute before we get those projects that are in response to this and actually see them on the airwaves. I want to say also that it isn't secret invasion specifically that has made me feel this way, this untrustworthiness. It, it's the fact that there have been so many I I like Miss Marvel. I like Moon Knight. I like thing. I like there are I like things in every single show. But there are so many things I don't like in each show, including Miss Marvel. I think two episodes of Miss Marvel are just wasted. Um, mm -hmm. I, as much as I like that show and I like him on Villani, I there are two episodes in that show where I'm just like, I'll skip them every time. Um, Moon Moon Knight. There's stuff in in that in that show that doesn't work. Um, there are there's there's so much in every single show that by the time it kind of got to secret invasion, it's all been accumulating. And I've always been kind of like accepting like, Oh, there's stuff I don't like, but they're getting better. They're getting better. And then secret invasion was just kind of the, the, the thing that tipped it over for me where I was just kind of like, you have all these problems and I can no longer ignore them. They're yeah. now just flagrantly just in my face. And I, I just can't be on this ride with you anymore. That's well, that's why I, I, you know, like again, in, in context sense, like, she-Hulk would have traditionally come out after this. Like the, yeah. the way this was originally structured, She-Hulk was the, supposed to be the later show. And She-Hulk, I think we were all pretty hot on. That was a good show. It knew what it wanted to be from A to B to C. Uh, it told its story very well. The only episode I think is actually weak as an episode is the first one. And it's just because they have to get through origin stuff very quickly. There's one element of that show that I think isn't cooked enough, but otherwise pretty much nailed it. Word. Really, really like it. So there's hope. There's quality in what they can put onto this network. It was literally the last Marvel show we watched. Um, plus the specials. Both of all three of those were excellent, excellent Disney Plus content. Oh, I'll uh, watch a special. This... I will watch a special hands down. Like yeah, you, you yeah. tell well, me you're doing a special. But that's what I mean. It's like I don't think we're totally 
in the weeds lost on this Disney Plus content. I have, a, if anything, I have a lot of hope for Daredevil right now because mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's built to be a show. But well, I do think I'm not saying. Six, go ahead. I, I just I do think that the six hour thing has shown it doesn't work. Yeah, it just doesn't work. The only exception is Loki, and it's only because it gets more episodes in another season. Uh, like it, it, it's failed all over the place, and hopefully, we're going to see them pivot away from it. Now, I'm not saying that like I'm giving up on the shows completely because I, I'm very clear that I, you tell me it's good, I'll watch it. But you got to tell me first. I'm no, I'm, I'm at a very similar place where I was with the DC, with the DC films just after Batman v Superman, where I was like, I just there's. You tell me it's good, I'll go see it. I'm not giving up on you 100%, but I'm not going to yeah. I'm not rushing anymore. Um I've been I've been I've been rushing before and I've been on your side this whole time, but I'll I'll wait. I'm waiting now. I'm waiting I'm waiting see now. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, I and I only highlight that to to accentuate that like, you know, I I'm out here saying this is the worst. Yeah. Like this is bottom of the barrel stuff. Um I don't, there's no part of me that believes they don't know this is a problem even before this show hit the air. I think they knew. Um, and it's too high profile to not release it to. Yeah. And, and I think, I think like a pivot will come. Um, and there's so many factors that have been working against them, but, uh, I, I don't think like Disney plus shows for Marvel are a lost concept, but they do need to be thoughtful they need to have a reason to tell the story Make and to tell the shows. story in the format yeah. that they're going to tell it in it why is if it's on tv on disney plus instead of in a theater why is it like that and how should it be structured because the answer is not a six hour long and let's be honest more like a four hour 20 minute movie or 20 in the case of secret invasion which I I'm flabbergasted how they came away with like 32 minute runtimes on the last four episodes. I don't understand. Uh, it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. They needed more time, not less. It's true. If I, if I may, I want to expand the, what I said earlier about Marvel losing their way. It's them. It's not just like them, like losing their way, but it's also, I feel like it's them being too big. Now they're trying to constantly put out content trying to constantly be in the zeitgeist and in the and in public opinion or in public consciousness is like yeah we have to put something out so in between these big movies it's like hey let's put out a bunch of mediocre shows and i also agree with brand there's a lot of stuff i really enjoyed about these shows i liked hawkeye i liked moon knight but i really can't tell you the entire um story of those shows the only i i remember a few scenes i remember some great moments with actors i remember yeah. a few parts that were like really good but other than that it's just like i mean it's there like i mean even with miss marvel i did enjoy the miss marvel show but i also agree there's a lot of stuff in miss marvel that i did not like but yeah. i like the actor i like the at the character who plays the person who plays miss marvel i think she's fantastic i'm I, seeing her in the marvels everything yeah. else i'm just like eh it's there. I'm I'm one of the things that also bums me out about the show is like I really don't feel that like much like you know the the blip and 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 the eternal the, the celestial in the sea like these big things like the end the show ends with like scrolls being hunted in the streets and it is like it feels like chaos in the world. There are a million scrolls. That's not a small amount of people. So like it feels like none of this is going to get addressed, especially in the Marvels, because that seems like a fun, wacky adventure. I don't think that's secretly going to be about, about the refugees on Earth, right? Uh, so, like, Nick Fury is exactly in the same place he was before, but, like, before this, movie, this TV show even started. If we don't see his wife, I'm going to be angry. 
because there's even a line of like, I'll help you now, but I'm going to leave eventually. So I won't be in the movie. And I'm like, like, what? this show so, feels like it was like pointless, not just because like it doesn't tie to the MCU, just because like, I don't feel like there's anything of value in the show. To Ryan's point, I think the biggest misstep that we've seen through phase four and phase five now really being triggered by Secret Invasion, but looking back at it, in my opinion, it is that they steered too far away from the fear that fans didn't want to feel like they had to watch everything. And I think wanting to make the fans feel that way, they have thus made the universe feel like it doesn't matter that it's connected. Sure, it's connected, but it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, and I think that was a mistake. I think that they should have made strive to make everything feel like you don't want to miss this. Yeah. Uh, and like, sure, people still could, but like the goal should have been that every single thing should have felt like it mattered yeah. to the universe, that you wouldn't want to miss it because the story was that good, because it was going to expand on things you care about in that universe, because none of the projects, none of the projects in phase four or phase five are somebody's first MCU project. That's what phase one through three is for. They're just not. At worst, their first thing is Endgame. Honestly. Like, nobody is starting at Shang-Chi. They're not. Nobody is starting at Miss Marvel or She-Hulk or Moon Knight. It's diminishing. It's stupid to act like they are. It's diminishing returns at this point now, yeah. So and Endgame's the biggest, was the biggest movie of all time. They need to treat phase one through three as the onboarding phase of these it is. And have allowed this universe to feel like it is growing. And I brought this up to Brandon when we were talking about this yesterday. I, I like, this isn't me saying like, you guys know I'm on my blip bag where I'm like, this should have mattered far more to the universe. What a storytelling opportunity it honestly was that they have squandered. And nothing has shown that more than Secret Invasion where they constantly referenced it, but it meant nothing. Um, mm -hmm. Because I want to take you guys back to just after 2012, a couple years and we started watching the Netflix Marvel shows. And you've got Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Oh, so good. And guess what? It didn't matter if they said it in every single episode of the show. Because they didn't have to. The Battle of New York yep. hung over all of those characters. Yep. They were functionally living in a world that felt like it had been changed by an event that was beyond what they thought could happen. Hell City's real estate was affected by the Battle of New York. But even then, like the characters are just like... It's a weird world. Yeah. There's just a vibe about yeah. the way the characters are talking because all of a sudden they live in a world where the Avengers now exist. Yep. And every MCU project, without necessarily having to name the blip or talk about how someone's been gone for five years, should have felt like everybody in the universe is living in a world where that happened. And it's crazy that that is not a trauma that is subtly in subtext, hanging over every single project. Yeah. It should have been. It should have been a thing that's binding it, making it feel fleshed out and connected the same way the Battle of New York did for the Netflix shows. And it's nuts that we're at this point where they have been so afraid of people feeling like they have to watch every single thing that they have now made it where it frankly doesn't matter it's, if you yeah. watch every single thing. To Ben's point, like like he said earlier, like they are so big now and they have so many projects, like it is impossible, impossible for them to try to keep the when only they would release two movies a year and it was incredibly easy to keep up. Now there's eight TV shows, four movies. Like it's it's impossible and the quality level drops when you have that many projects. But none of it would matter that they were pumping out that much stuff if it was good and if it at least felt like it built upon the universe people were already invested in and had proven they were already invested in. Yeah. Ben, 
movies aside, I movies aside, I don't want to watch the next Marvel thing. I am because of Secret of Agent, because of us talking about it, and even earlier today, like I said, I was watching Star Wars Rebels. I wanted to keep going. I'm this close to finishing season three. I'm like, yeah. I am invested in this old thing. And then I was like, nope, I gotta watch that finale of Secret Invasion. And then after I finished watching, I was like, I kind of wish I didn't. This at least it was short. Yeah, at least it was short, thank <laughs> God. But at the same time, I am I'm feeling burnt out. Sure. I didn't I've years ago in 2012, I thought I was never gonna be burnt out with Marvel. We had Avengers, we had Daredevil, uh Jessica Jones, Nick C- Luke Nick Cage, Luke Cage. Um these television shows were amazing. And then when we got Disney Plus, like with more stuff, I was like, "Cool, no, yes, I'm show. ready." No, well, yeah, there was issues. I want to, I want to, I want to say something to that, Ben. Like, in fairness to this year of the MCU, it actually hasn't been that oppressive with content. Um, we had Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Then a couple months later, we had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Then yep. maybe a month later, we had Secret Invasion. That these kind of breaks have felt nice. This is kind of a little bit more of what I want the MCU to release their stuff like, but mm-hmm. to Sparks's point, like the quality control is still not there. If these things were good, I mean, Sparks is right. The last thing was She-Hulk and the fact that Secret Invasion it, and it, fairness and it, it, fairness or no, Secret Invasion has ruined the goodwill that She-Hulk gave me. Um, and I'll admit that I'll admit that maybe that's just because I'm really hot. I'm really kind of really negative on the show now, but that that's the reality of what I'm living in currently when we're recording this. And regardless of how I feel later, um, when this comes out, I might feel different. <laughs> but like the thing is, like if the, if Secret Invasion was like good, and and we had and we lost Quantum Mania, then Guardians, and then this, and it was good, and I'd be like. There's no way I'd feel fatigued. I'd be like, hell yeah, let's get to the next one, which is Loki. The next one's Loki. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I am still excited for Loki, but there's a part of me where it's like, boy, um, I need a minute. I need a minute. Well, you got you got a couple months of minutes. I think Loki is out in October, so yeah. Yeah, you got three months. Yeah. Miss Minute. Miss there you go. Uh, <laughs> honestly, within the week. I will probably forget everything about this show. That's fine. You'll, you'll, I, your life will be good. I, I will, it's, it's, that, that sucks. That sucks because, like, it's a Sparks' point. Like, these shows, and we talked about them when they were announced, like, they should matter. Yeah. yeah. They should matter. You should, it should feel like I need to see Secret Invasion. And I, the, the I think the thing I was trying to get at is like the, the, the oppressive release schedule of the first two years of, of phase four, the first year of phase four specifically, maybe um, was really tough for people to keep up to keep up on. And the quality of the shows didn't help. So that really, that I think regardless of whether or not those shows were, were, if those shows were better, like really, really strong, I think it would still have been difficult. This schedule with kind of this event television, like, Oh, you need to watch secret invasion because this is going to be a really good one. That's going to lead into the Marvels and you're going to really, it's going to like feel really nice. Um, that's just not there. And yeah. it doesn't help that these show that the show isn't good anyway. So you're just kind of like, I know that this isn't going to matter in the Marvels. Right. So wh- why did I watch it? And like, it's, we've given Kevin Feige so much credit for making the MCU and everything, but like, the man doesn't know how to make TV. Like that's, that's just, that's just evident. Um, and 
like regardless of if someone else has been pushing a lot of the projects or what have you, Kevin Feige, as far as we know, has final say. Yeah. And he's been wrong. Um, and like not having more interconnectivity. And again, I get COVID. I get like the release schedules got all pushed around. Spider-Man was supposed to be uh uh after Doctor Strange, like all kinds of stuff was supposed to happen that just didn't. Yeah. And like, you know, uh that that sucks. And like they've they they we we know that they were drafting plans post endgame and those plans centered around Chadwick Boseman and yep. then he passed away. And so all those plans got changed and uh, then COVID happened and all those plans had to get reorganized and changed. And now the Jonathan major stuff and all the plans have to get reorganized and changed again, potentially like it's tough. I feel for them, but it doesn't change the fact that like as a fan engaging with the material, the universe doesn't feel like it's in communication with itself. And that's a problem. Like it's, it's not that I want more cameos amongst things. I don't need to see more people popping up or like Easter egg references or something. I just want to feel like the world I'm watching so much of this happen in feels coherent and like it's growing by each project, even as it just explores a new Avenue of it. Like I, I just want to feel like they all live in the same world. And I yeah. feel like they only do on a very surface level, which is why I am so excited for the Marvels. Cause that is three characters <laughs> from three different projects joining forces. Uh, and that's just super awesome. And I like all those characters in that movie. Again, I think it looks really, really fun. So like, I just like, it bums me out that the finest that's like one of the final lines is like, yeah. So the Kree and the scrolls are at, are at peace and I'm going to go deal with that. And I'm like, just like that, huh? Just mm. like that. Just a line and everything's cool. So I hope I I hope that stuff. It, it, I think that will play into some of the Marvels because the, the villains are Kree who looks like they don't want they don't like peace and stuff. So like I I just what they did to the Fury really sucks. What they did to uh, Talos and his wife uh, Soren um, and to who else dies Maria, Maria Hill. That's the thing. Like this show is just devastating and it wants to feel impactful by just killing characters. Right. And characters that everyone likes. And like we know, like Maria Hill could have like been so much more involved in the show. And you still could have killed her at the end and have it be important. Fury never even talks about her again. No. After, after he meets episode. her mom. And he never talks about Talos again after he talks with Gaia one time. And to have a series where like one of the things we were touting about what was so strong about the opening of it was that head forehead touch between Jackson and Mendelssohn in the first body. episode and to have him die right in front of Fury and then Saving Fury... the president who then just goes on a racist rampage and forget that that ever happened. I was actually one of the things I was mad about. I was like, but didn't a scroll save your life from yes, other sir. scrolls? And then oh, and then of course the whole one-term president joke was like, oh yeah, because Harrison Ford is going to be president next Ford. Yeah. That whole uh, final... Because Ross is going to be president next term. <laughs> why, couldn't, why, couldn't uh, we, why couldn't we have just really revealed that Julia Louis Dreyfus and Sharon Carter are, the, are scrolls. Why couldn't those have just been our scroll reveals? Yeah, that would work for me. Because that would have made me like, feel good about like, oh, thank God, <laughs> those Remember, characters suck. This is a different show. This would have been a different show, but like, I've been thinking. I, I was starting to think about in Thor: The Dark World when they break Loki out of prison and Chris Evans is, is in there for like two minutes. Yeah. And it's a fun little two minute cameo where Chris Evans is pretending to be Loki. And it's it's really fun and it's really cool. And like in a different show, maybe a better show, I can't really say. I kind of would have liked that to have happened in this like scrolls Absolutely. turning into Avengers and things Absolutely. like that. And like I just hate because I know it's like a how much money these things these people cost and scheduling things that it's just like 
you, like you can you don't need to put them and make them important. It could be a one minute scene where a scroll turns into I'm not gonna say like Iron Man or like Steve, but like it turns into into Paul Rudd and like Paul Rudd is talking talking to our main character and like Nick Fury is like Ant Man's here. This is really weird. Why am I talking to Ant Man? And like he's in the yeah. scroll. I'm like that like that's a one minute scene, but Paul Rudd probably costs twenty million dollars or something, right? So like I don't know. Uh there's so many different ways it feels like this show could have told its story better or told a different story better, but I don't think at the absolute guarantee of unfortunately making Brandon and Ben more upset. Um, I have to talk about the one that's been haunting me, which I already talked to you about, which is I listened to a podcast called decoding TV yep. and on it, a guest wrote in and said, boy, what if secret invasion had started where it ended Yeah, and was about uh, human beings finding out that scrolls existed because one screw up and that a scroll died and turned back into a scroll and it caused this shape shifting panic amongst human beings who's a scroll who's not and there is no invasion it's, a it's all fabricated by human beings who are afraid and fury yep. has to come down and protect the scrolls and figure it out and I got so mad so good. and haunted by that concept yeah. yeah that's why again the it's end, on, the, for listeners it's on both of their faces yeah, right now that's that why they're like holy shit and it's the same thing that happened yeah. to me friends where i'm like how is this not what the story Dude, the is? end of this show like it is like it's it's like it's very exciting and it's very it's very scary and like the panic feel it again is the most tense i felt in the whole show and it's at the end of the show where we'll probably see no resolution to any of it and i can't believe how violent that is we didn't Dude, really touch on it shoot but, like, gavin the, <laughs> the the senator who just gets <clears throat> shot yeah, and is bleeding out human, human, human being shot in the street, and I'm like, this is really heavy shit that they yeah. are just kind of like tossing yeah. out without that's a Andor shit, baby. That's end. being real, and then and they're like, no way, Jose. Yeah, I am now uh, extremely upset that that's not the show we have because that would have been really freaking great, and and also, Ben, real quick, that would have made Fury's stakes in this. 10 times better because his wife is a goddamn scroll. Yeah. And that would have just made so much better sense. Right. I, I, hmm. I'm processing while I'm also trying to put out a, th a thought that I really hate the ending. Like I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like blood red mad at the ending. Uh, and now that you've told me about this kind of better idea, I'm even more mad, but like the, the fact that, Again, it goes back to like the show is trying to tell you it's about something when it's actually not about anything. Um, so when you have all these this kind of like shapeshifter panic happening in the streets and and with over this monologue by Ritson and Sam Jackson or, or I don't remember who was talking, but and then you just have Sam Jackson say, "Well, I tried, bye." Like yeah. I I am so furious at that ending um, because yeah, I know I I know I heard it when it was coming out, <laughs> um, and I got. I I'm so upset because like the whole thing is, is Sam Jack is, is Nick Fury being so um, deep feeling so deeply responsible for what the scrolls are doing, what Gravik is doing. And he is, he's just going to leave now that they're all dying and they're all being yeah. hunted and they're all being it's persecuted. And he's just like, awful. okay, bye. And humans, humans are dying too. Yeah. And he's just like, this will sort itself out. It's disgusting. Like, truly, for Nick Fury, it's... like, the character who he is, like, he's all of, this has been his journey for decades. He's just, he's letting this, I'm honestly, just, oh, goodbye. honestly, tossing out this kind of vigilante violence at the very end of the show mm -hmm. is ignorant and irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Because again, I, we're never I, like I, this is another thing that's added to the list of things. But I'm son like, of a yeah. but son of a bitch, if that's what the whole show was about and yeah. that's where it started, that's the show I wanted to watch. Absolutely, that's the show where like you want to have Fury have a conversation about how humans are being terrible. Uh, and that uh, he has to protect scrolls and humans from themselves. And he has to stop Gravik because he is the guy who is like, mm. I am going to be the one bad version of us. So I'm going to ruin things for everyone because I deserve this planet. And they started it. Yeah. And they started it. Exactly. And like, you do see his point. Like, it's a, it's a, this version is a considerably worse version of Killmonger. Like, it, it is a completely botched Killmonger in every sense of, of the word. And I'm just like, man, there's, and again, Kingsley Bennett there, I think, is giving, again, that final scene between him and Fury is really good. He's acting. He's acting. Capital A acting. And Sam Jackson's doing it good, too. He's, you know, he's doing the coughing, and I'm like, man, are we about to lose Nick Fury? It's not even Nick Fury. It's not even Nick Fury. Yeah. Wild. Wild stuff, y'all. Um, The, I, hmm, it really bugs me that, uh, uh, so the Super Scroll, the Super Scroll, as I understand it, I have not, I don't have a lot of history with the Super Scroll. I've maybe read one or two comics that they've that they've shown up in. It, sure. It's a it's a villain who is um, who is difficult to beat, but it can be beaten by the Avengers. Um, the Fantastic I do not, Four can beat them for sure. Yeah, yeah, the Fantastic Four can beat them. I don't believe for a second that if the Avengers were involved in this in this fight, that they would be able to beat this Super Scroll. They have like. They have uh, dozens of powers: Hulk, Thanos, and the mind powers, sh- sh- ice power. They have, they have everything. Yeah, there's no. They have Carol powers. They they just Gaia is the strongest person on the planet. Yeah, there's yeah. no way that character is going to do anything of meaning or value. Like let's just turn like, her into a mezo. Say that again. Turn her into a mezo. <laughs> that's not that's not bad. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not. But like. Man, what trash! What like poor Amelia Clark? <laughs> it's like it, it's it's so bizarre that it's a show that like has this oh, cast man. and wants to play with an idea of this thoughtful character story and like at the end at the end of the show they pull the trigger on the sh- on the like the event <clears throat> that would have made sense for even if it's not the very first thing that happens on the show that would have made sense for centering all of that kind of character story around and they just don't do it. It's it's nuts because again we see early on we like in in <clears> Chernobyl <throat> or whatever like there are kids playing soccer scroll kids like you are very directly showing us that like this this immigrant this this uh this this, this analogy happening right and then they're just like nah Gravik's just a bad guy I don't think about those kids that's I'm what, like, I, what that's what I'm like, saying don't show me this that's what I'm that's what I'm saying I I respect Sparks's opinion on this and I'm sure he and I'm sure I'm 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 sure I'm the one who's wrong here but I'm not going to let go of the fact that I do believe that it's incredibly ignorant the ending is incredibly ignorant because I firmly see it as we are saying this the show's final message is all immigrants are bad and I I get that I'm alone in that and that's fine and maybe I'm wrong but like it it's it's disgusting to me it's it actively makes me sick that 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 they've they have to to make it a more universal kind of point. It's actively disgusting to me that they have decided to tackle the immigrant story twice, and have failed both times. I I I do agree to some extent, but I not as far as you, Brandon. But I it bums me out that this is happening with Nick Fury, who who like the, the like this ha- like the stuff that happened to him, the Marvels, and his whole thing is about security <laughs> and protecting people, and it's just like why why why. <laughs> 
why do you turn him into like this, this old man who just gives up and it's like I tried, whatever. Like that is not I, fun or cool. I I only I I feel like I need to clarify because I now I sound like I'm anti-immigrant. Um, which is oh no, I didn't mean to say, I did not mean to do like, that. But but like my my point is that I don't think that's the message because I don't think you come away from it saying all scrolls are bad, thus all immigrants are bad. But I agree with you that they're playing with the xenophobia fear of immigrants in an irresponsible way. Yeah. Um. I don't think the message is that all immigrants are bad, but the 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 message inside the show is that human beings are taking that stance and as they are analogous that is the like it's you're supposed to recognize that as the bad thing but they are playing with something that is a heated and upsetting realistic topic uh in a irresponsible way in the last three minutes of a series that landed with a thud yeah um and without a lot of thought and in that sense i agree i just don't think that's the the message but i do think the irresponsibility is there nick fury gives up right at the end of the show and and i I wish I would be totally okay. I mean, it's not good, but I'd be more okay if like I have a way to solve this, but I can't do it on Earth. So I'm going to go. I have a, I have an idea, but it can't be here. And then even if you ever follow up on it, at least you have an idea. You were just ending the show with Nick Fury, like giving up and running away. <clears throat> that's just that's that's a terrible place to lead a character, especially we're about to go to a movie that looks like a high five fun adventure, I which hate, I want. Yeah, true. I hate. I hate the last shot of the show being they walk into the space pod and then they, and then they hug and they, they like, you can see like their profiles are looking at the camera and they say the silhouettes just it is, hug, I, it is. the door closes. And I'm like, this is gross. And I hate this. I also thought it was, I do like that. He kisses her in scroll form. I do like that, but it is yeah. an interesting way to end your spy thriller. Is that <clears> like, <throat> they're, their conversation is good. And I actually, yeah. I like there's, they're, they're, they're seeing an episode four really, uh, I'll, episode four five yes i don't remember four. four um when when they're when they're talking about uh before they pull the guns i think that's a really good scene and i think their scene at the end is very good too it's just they're it's just the like oh they're living happily ever after sitcom moment where i'm like this is gross i agree um this is this is where um I really agree. Like, I think the Nick and Priscilla stuff is is probably the closest to something strong inside of the show, um, because frankly, I think they play off each other very well, and I think they have some of the best written dialogue between the the two. Yeah. Um, I really love the scene between both of them, where to what you're talking about at the beginning of episode four, she describes w taking over the life of the original human and making the promise to um, not hurt Nick, uh, especially the skewed perspective that the camera makes of her to be smaller and further away, visually conveying Nick Fury's distrust of her. Um, like there's a lot of smart things that are being done with some of the substance of the show. It's there, they're just not doing it all the time and I don't get it. They also have the line right after they both fire the bullets and they both shoot at the wall and not each other. Uh, not sure if this means we should get divorced or we should renew our vows. And I'm like, that's a sick as hell scene. Yeah. That's a great scene. I think the action scene with Gaia and Priscilla is actually really good. It turns into John yes. Wick for five minutes. And I'm like, this is a great action scene. I don't know why. Which is, they have like, like triple shotgun belts everywhere. What is awesome. And, and, Gaia, and Gaia hits her with that like really stinging like, uh, but he can't love you in your own skin. And she just like, mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. presume. Yeah. Like, don't do that. You don't yeah. come into my home and presume you understand 
what it takes to build a life of love. That's yes. don't do that shit. That is uh yes. and, and like that's why Priscilla I think is really strong in this show. That again, like also that scene we were referencing in episode four, Fury is about to walk out the door and she's like, Would you love me if I had been myself fully in my own skin? And he's like, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. And then you get to the end of episode six, like this is the one nice thing that happens in the show, like yeah. a full circle on something is him kissing her in her own skin. It's 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 why the show sucks so bad because every episode has a kernel of really great writing like really good writing and it is always only when it is like personal character stuff happening between two characters anytime the main plot is happening in the mcu part of the movie uh, the, the show it's just it's a long movie let's say and that was my fear episode one i was like oh i can feel this and it is it felt it did feel like a long bad movie and i'm like oh, if this just could have been small the entire time keep it personal you can have super scrolls but have it you know this don't do what you did at the end. Like, that's fine. Uh, they're also doing um, what is functionally like a really bad, like, stance on really bad. I have to stress, like, what we talked about, like, the analogy of the civil rights struggle stuff, like, appropriating Talos to Martin Luther King and Gravik to Malcolm X oh, as geez. far as idealism versus activism. Yes. In the context that they set it up makes Talos just look stupid. And, like, because he has that all his takes are just naive of like if we go to the president he'll just like he'll give us a home and it's like this just this just makes him seem unrealistic and dumb like this is not a good parallel it's been 30 of what years to do i like that he i love that talos has so much faith but like it has been 30 years but it has to be expressed it has absolutely he has to have a more functionally like you can't have literally every character and every audience member looking at it and going you dumb you dumb right my, my, yeah, yeah. I don't get why we're why, why I don't get why the show exists, and that that's that's a really terrible place to be at um, for any show because I'm watching this and I just kept wondering like, why are we here? Why this? What is what is this about? Why are we here? Yeah. It doesn't answer these questions. So, my this show is obviously performing performing terribly and and it's being rated terribly like so nobody likes it nobody's watching it so like it's <laughs> it's dead in the water this definitely feels like a show that like if if this were a little bit better i would want another season of because again the way it ends if there were another season of that like that is like that is the andor s thing i could see happening but, but again with these writers and directors i don't feel they can deliver that quality but like now we're never going to get anything about this like whatever's in the marvels is all we're going to get if there's anything at all and I'm just like, man, you you left the world again in a really awful spot, and now we're just gonna move on to to Echo, where none of this is gonna be important. Not that it should, but you know, like it just feels like really but like kinda, yeah. like any show that genuinely like they say on the timeline takes place post Secret Invasion, like it should matter. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like it should matter technically like if we're looking at it on like the the paper, like what happens. Yeah, like if she's in New York. going forward should. Be like, yo, we gotta talk about that scroll thing. Yeah, like uh, Brody, yeah. that 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 would be pervasive. We yeah. won't, but it should be. Yeah, it's man. This is so interesting for Armor Wars too, because like I, there's no way in hell that that there's no way in hell that that, that secret that secret invasion stuff was gonna tie into Armor Wars. Well, it has to like, now because Brody has was a scroll. Yeah, but like, or is it just gonna be like? I don't know, man. Don't also, know. like, I guess the catch-all everything that the president ever needs so no other staff ever needs to be around him guy oh yeah i guess roadie's position functionally um he's like a secretary. i don't think we stress enough that we're on foreign soil and the president goes to a hospital and like two dudes and roadie are the guys looking after him 
Sparks. Yes. Can I tell you that I firmly believe this show forgot it takes place in Russia for a lot of its runtime? I because I'm watching this and they go to the hospital and they're driving around and they're like uh, Fury's grave, Fury's Fury's whole life. Fury's life is not in America. It is in Russia. His wife is in Russia. His, his primary grave is in Russia. His uh, uh, hmm? his his grave we see him go to, I just want to clarify, is in Finland. Okay, that's fair. Um, he takes the but, plane from the guy from Black Widow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is really? that, oh, that is? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. That guy. He's the guy who got the Quinjet for her. Yeah. He's I the guy who like got the that. poster. We, we don't know his name, but it's Rick Mason. <laughs> I kind of like that. Um, but I am... <laughs> I don't that hospital there are the we I I the the one doctor we hear is not speaking Russian that yeah. that, is, that 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 is cold-blooded American doctor happening right there and I firmly believe that that, that this show forgot it takes place in Russia. Well, I think uh, that scene I, took place in England. No, that scene takes place in England. Yeah, because Nick Fury isn't in Russia; he's in England with Fallsworth. Yeah, where Gravik is isn't where Gravik yeah. is is in Russia. Nick Fury at the end is with the president. That's in England because Fallsworth is there. I don't remember. That's fine. Doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's honestly it's to, not super. But I, what, what I will say, Brandon, is they don't very do a very good job of of relaying and keeping track of where characters are. Yeah. And like you're right about where Gravik and most of them are is in Russia, and they keep just kind of coming in and out of Russia like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like it is in the in the same location. Um, Chernobyl. Mm. Chernobog. Uh, I, I fully chalk up some of these things to like, especially the hospital, like lack of security staff for the president of the United States yeah. to COVID stuff. Yeah. I'm sure that's partially also responsible. like it's Nick Fury is just like a, a secret super ninja in that hospital. Like nobody sees him. He's just like taking out dudes like Batman. <laughs> Look like, also, <laughs> uh, I think it's, I think it's cool that Fury has to use breath to unlock the grave because, like, you avoid any like duplication of eye or yes, skin or sure, something sure. like that. You can't duplicate his breath, so like, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. that's a neat I do scroll. Like, I, I do like that he type. has he has um, graves all around the world. I love that too, but that that suit up scene is stupid. He has an iPad. This so, idea of like, and I told you, I told you that was going to happen in episode five. When we, when we talked about episode one, I said that the, that this show is going. We're going to have the penultimate episode. Him, he's going to have a suit up scene. We're, we're oh, going yeah, to yeah. get his eye patch. He's going to get his coat, and that's going to be a suit up scene. And they did yeah, it. And, and I'm I, so I, upset. I'm mad. I'm so upset they did it. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's stupid. Um, and it. The thing about it is, like, I don't mind. I don't mind Nick Fury like that being his like time to get to work. Look, that's whatever. I don't mind that. The problem is that like usually those moments come from like the character making a decision or something has happened to like functionally change their trajectory or something. And to find out especially that he's just doing that to go talk to the president and say, Rhodey's a scroll. Just trust me on this. Y'all I'm so yeah. mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, not, not a really good show. I don't, I talk don't... About it anymore. That's hold fine. Up, I have one up. more thing let I want to say. Let me just, leave England to go meet up with Fallsworth, who was also in England, so we can get to my one grave in Finland, so I can grab the goddamn stupid DNA thing and give it to Gaia, I guess, put on my cool outfit, go back to the UK, and tell the president, stop, Rhodey's a scroll. 
I don't understand. Okay, so like, I everyone who who has a suit up scene like like that, like we've got to earn this thing, needs to be given the 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 the, the fake comic that was made after when Gotham was premiered, where it is yeah. Jim Gordon receiving the mustache and flying off. Like yes. everyone needs to be given that, and if you are doing that in your penultimate episode, you need to rethink the show. Yeah, because it's like. Well, that happened in Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, a, a bad show, but it is the Falcon becoming Captain America. Yeah. Nick Fury, it's him getting a new eye patch. They're yeah. just not the same. And he keeps Ooh, saying, he keeps saying, he keeps saying, I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm in. I'm the same Nick Fury I always was. And so, like, okay, then why don't you have your eye patch? You don't have your eye patch because they want the suit up scene at the end of the show. I'm so, I'm so mad about that, that that's like yeah. not something that's explored about his character because, like, it's supposed to mean something when Nick Fury lets you see his bad eye. Yeah. And, like, mm -hmm. it just doesn't. And, and, like, the fact that he decides to then cover it up again, like, it also means nothing. And I, I just want to cry. Do you, who, do you think show, who do you think shows up first, Gaia or the 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 lady she's played in Star Wars, Han Solo? Oh, um, the lady she's playing in Star Wars, Kira. 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 Yeah. yeah. Kira shows up first for Gaia. Kira for sure. Yeah. You know why I say that? Because that interview. No, because oh. Kate Bishop was in a really well received, and everybody liked her show, and we have no idea when we're seeing her again. So we're I'm definitely not seeing Amelia Clark again yeah. anytime soon. Superpower Gaia Thanos. Why does he put the eye patch back on if he doesn't need it? I thought it was gonna come back like he'd have a like it would be like a solid snack eye patch where it has tech shit and, and nope, yeah. it's just everything cool. I do you remember in Winter Soldier when he's just you need to keep both eyes open. Like that's all yeah. that's a big deal. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And like doesn't matter. He's just I think he can see out of the eye. <laughs> Cyber eye. He's not um, acting like he's blind with one eye. Yeah. The part where the president's like, give me a gun is stupid. Oh my god. That whole hospital <laughs> scene is awful. Yeah. Uh, I hate to... I hate to, like... What does this mean for the wider MCU stuff? But, like... Because it's garbage. But, like, I care about the wider MCU. Yeah. So, here's two things that came up in these last episodes I just want to touch on real quick. We learned that there's a full-body version of the Widow's Veil. Don't know what that's going to be used for, but we know it exists. That's the newer model. That's the face changing oh, technology. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, tell, he and Falls were talking about. There's a full body version. Cool. Um, but more importantly, the president says all not off worlders are now banned from the planet. Illegal. They need to leave. Illegal. What does this mean for Asgardians? No. Probably nothing. nothing. I understand, but I wanted to at least mention it Be because they look that's like a strong us. statement when you know the Asgardians are right there. He just says off worlders. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. off worlders. They're off well, dimensioners. Well, Thor, well, the Asgardians don't live in America, so they can't make them illegal. Oh, that's true. They live in their way. Yeah. That's true. He's not but the Skrulls also aren't in America. I'm sure yeah. like seven of them are. The show forgets it doesn't take place in America. Yeah. You know, it takes place in Chernobyl. Oh, also, yeah. All the Skrulls, all the humans that got abducted are, are chilling in Russia for potentially like decades at this point, they would all be dead from that radiation poisoning unless they are secretly also being kept. See, who's, what was the pod moment with all the pod people at the end? It was like, when they're just kind of looking at like, look at all these people no, now. They, had, they have way more than they thought they did. Yeah. Because I kept, the, the, 
This is a this is a criticism of how the of how the scene is shot, not a criticism of the scene itself. But there's yeah. multiple times what the, as that scene is shot that they are looking at people, and it looks like they have a revelation of the person they're looking at being revealed to be a scroll, but they never tell us what that person is. So that's clearly so, not supposed to be the point. Yes. So um, uh, you brought up earlier uh, Gravik's friend who gets stabbed. He was mm-hmm. he was. We see him wake up as a the regular human. So there are a couple people that were side characters that we are seeing their human versions uh, for the first time waking up. So there is some like, oh, that person was a scroll this whole time. Like, blah, blah, blah. Again, the side characters who don't matter whatsoever. But it is to show like, well, they've had they have way more people than we ever expected. Like this was way bigger than we all thought. Uh, again, th- this is not going to matter to anything in the future. No, the thing that was so scrolls will pace, make peace off screen. Yeah, the thing that was so interesting about not interesting, frustrating about that scene is that is there are twice where like it will it will like the camera is like up looking at like Gaia and somebody and they're looking down and they're like oh my god, but and there it's shot like it's a reveal of like oh my god this person was a scroll and that's going can to I be like, the, but it's but it doesn't it's not that's not the point of the scene and so it's weirdly can shot. T- can I tell you what I think it was before? things changed and some a certain someone got cast as Thunderbolt Ross. I think it was supposed um, to be the president. Ritzen? I think you were supposed to learn that Dermot Mulroney was like, you were going to see him on the slab mm. and the reaction was going to be learning the president is a scroll. Um, but I think that was like way earlier in a different version of what they were doing in production and all that kind of stuff. Uh, looking up, some behind the scenes stuff. This originally had two directors and right before it started, one of them bounced out. So that could probably have some, uh, the, the one guy, uh, the director, uh, he was only direct half the amount of episodes. So like, not that that completely changes all the quality, <clears throat> but like him having to take over the whole show might've impacted some of it too. Marvel needs to start hiring people who've actually worked on TV shows and not one episode of something prior to yeah, this. One episode of like suits. Yeah. And they also need to not let this director talk about this show anymore because like oh, uh, the constant stuff is just like, God, you're so wrong. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe they cast Shooter McGavin as Tucker Carlson inside of the MCU and only used him for episode two and then to shoot him. I, Shooter I, gets I, shot. I, I'm so like, I would have loved. I was so excited up. about episode two because of characters like him showing up as yeah. roles. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping he would like show up again. Like we'd see him on the news and like, no one knows he's a scroll. Like that'd be great. But like, no, no. no all the potential. Well, uh, Priscilla, Priscilla is watching him. Oh, Fury is watching him on the news uh, earlier. He doesn't know he's a scroll at that point. I think it's a weird, it's weird. I'm kind of with Ben. I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. We almost like one thirty. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. It, it's a, it's a bummer, but luckily uh, again, the next thing that we have is the Marvels, and that looks fantastic, and it has Nick Fury. So, like Ben, we'll just forget this ever happened. And hey, then... <laughs> friends, we live in the past, so you know probably by the time that you're watching this, we've watched the Marvels and we've told you uh, what we thought about it. But no, we didn't because that's not out yet because this is all coming out in order. So look out for our Marvels review, where hopefully we liked it more, even though it probably had nothing to do with this. Time is a lake. Is the MCU in trouble forever? No. Maybe. Who knows? Forever. Uh, I think they can. I don't know. I, I'm the the wound is too fresh for me to 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 yeah. even speculate. Word, I feel you. We'll see. I hope they can pull. I hope they can pull these TV shows together, but I'm not hopeful right now. Honestly, I'm not worried about the quality of Loki. I'm only worried about how much is Jonathan Majors in that show. I'm a little worried about the quality of Loki, either founded or unfounded, because the create the entire creative team that with the first season didn't come back for the second season. 
Oh, sure. Well, that is a bummer. So okay. there's there's kind of me going like, I don't know. I'm still sure. excited because I like Loki and I like the first season. So I'm sure there'll be there's something there. But sure. I, I can't say I'm not worried is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. I got you. Um, OK. That it? That's it. That, that's, that's the postmortem. Let's wrap right. this carcass up and bury it. So that'll do it, guys. That's Secret Invasion. It's done. Not bury this. Sorry. Go ahead. Mercifully done is Secret Invasion. Uh, Fake Nerds Watch uh, will continue on with Star Trek Strange New Worlds for at least a couple more weeks. But by the time you're watching this, it doesn't matter. Um, someone someone get to Mike Matola and tell him to skip this one. <laughs> oh, my God. Quickly. Someone no, text Mike. Be really funny. He's going to watch it and say, y'all, this one's a hit. Love this one. Watch because that's the trajectory. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would listen to Mike tell me why yeah 100 yeah. percent. i believe every word yeah he's he's done it before it's true um all right so that so that's secret invasion guys uh once again this is coming out uh far later uh than we've recorded it because of the strikes so make sure to check out the website to find out what is impacted by the strikes um and what is still going of course you i'm sure you've been watching some of our stuff in the interim but happy to have you guys back if you're watching this now uh, but you can check us out fictorpodcast.com. We have a T public and a Patreon, which you can find link below or on our website, fictorpodcast.com. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. I will never call it X. No, um, I never. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. Uh, Fickner, guys at gmail.com. I'm a BT McClure you know on Instagram and Twitter. Hmm? You know what's funny? Because like this is in the future. Watch it when be we Twitter. Record, it'll still be Twitter. Watch that. <laughs> it'll be Twitter again. Like, people uh, will be like, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> uh, I'm a BT Mc... X times, friends. I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also find me writing for CBR.com, AtomicEctum.com, and KaijuRamaMedia.com. Ben? You can find me on the internet at BenMagna27, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Threads. And you can also find me writing for Fusion Gaming Magazine, Old School Gamer Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in Dean Dark. Ryan? You could find me recommending uh, the 2022 comic written by Ryan North, Secret Invasion, if you want a great small-scale scroll story at DJ Tony Snark 616 Sparks. Uh, you can find me genuinely thrilled to be on the journey and path of recovery that is engaging with everything that is not this show with these fellas at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Like this video, subscribe to this channel, subscribe to the podcast of choice if you listen to the audio format. And until next time you see us, guys, stay fake nerds. Who can you trust? <laughs>